Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you. And on today's show, Thursday, October 15th, we're midway, th- almost midway through the month. What we're going to do is we are going, I'm going to get you caught up actually first on some transaction roster news and a few little tidbits that you'll need to know. And then we are going to turn the clock back in history in segments two and three. We're going to look at the most memorable moments between the Giants and the Washington football team. And there have been quite a number of them. Um, and I'm just going to pick out a few and just kind of share them with you. Some of them I wasn't alive for. I just know from having researched them for uh, my book, the Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants. And some of them I was alive for. I was either, you know, in the stands with my dad as a, as a young girl or I covered them as a reporter. So lots of, uh, football talk coming up. But first, this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content only from Pepsi. All right, so let's get you caught up on some personnel matters. Uh, first off, Lorenzo Carter had his surgery on Wednesday morning to repair his ruptured Achilles tendon. The Giants announced that in their afternoon notes. Carter had the procedure performed by Dr. Martin O'Malley at the hospital for special surgery, and he unfortunately is indeed out for the rest of the season. Really a tough break for Carter, who was having a fine year in that Giants defense playing under Patrick Graham. Now, as far as uh, the plans to replace Carter Head coach Joe Judge mentioned that Cam Brown, the sixth-round draft pick this year, might get some get a look at that position. Um, won't be the exclusive player at that strong side linebacker spot, but he will indeed get a, a look at it. And also, the Giants signed outside linebacker Trent Harris to their practice squad. Now, Trent Harris last year was with the Miami Dolphins, which is of course where Patrick Graham was in last year as well. Patrick Graham was the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. So obviously Harris has some experience, has some understanding with Graham's defensive uh, scheme. Um, I believe Harris played in 11 games for the Dolphins. I think he had three starts and, uh, you know, contributed, made a handful of tackles and whatnot. But, uh, you know, he's going to probably serve as a, I guess, a backup type of scenario in case the kids uh, like Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin and so forth don't really work out. The other personnel move, well, actually, it's not a move, but the the other thing I want to mention is receiver Sterling Shepard. Just give you an update on him. Now, on Monday, head coach Joe Judge mentioned that Sterling Shepard, they, that they would try to get him on the field, get him moving around a little bit, see how he looks. Shepard has been on injured reserve since suffering turf toe in the week two loss to the Chicago Bears. And it was thought that this week, 
Shepard might, they might start the clock on, on him. Uh, in other words, designate him to return from IR. Um, at what point they would have a 21 day window to make a decision on him. That was not done as of Wednesday's practice. And my gut feeling is it's probably not going to be done until next week. And the reason for that is, is why start the clock on Shepard now when you have another quick turnaround game coming up after this Sunday's game against uh, Washington. The Giants go on the road. They go down to Philadelphia. So they don't have a lot of time to prepare. If you're going to start the clock with the intention of, you know, having Shepard play, it probably makes sense to start it next week. If, if that's soon, I, I personally think it might be the week after, but you know, if you start it, say Thursday today, there's no way Shepard plays on Sunday. It's just not going to happen. So now, you know, you've got that 21-day window. You go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then he probably won't play, you know, he probably wouldn't play the following Thursday. So you've got those four days, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's another uh, eight days, and then the four-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, I'm sorry, the three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're now more than halfway through the window. So I think that's why the Giants didn't activate Sterling Shepard. They don't want to start that window just yet. And it makes sense. It's it, it's it's not a, you know, it's it's a smart move. You know, Shepard will get activated. Um, they will get him back on the field. They have missed him. Goodness, they have really missed that guy. Um, the one receiver who can really, you know, find soft spots against the coverage. and. Um, you know, here's hoping that he's he's fully healthy. He comes back and they, uh, you know, he can pick up where he's left off. So, all right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to turn back the clock, go back in history and talk about some of the greatest moments between the Giants and Washington football teams. Stay with us. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So be sure to pick up a nice cool Pepsi to enjoy while you watch Giants football. And don't forget, check out madeforfootballwatching.com for the latest football watching content exclusively from Pepsi. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. And I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls, Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Acorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership floor, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and stories of some of the greatest Giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pick up your copy today. And if you like it, please give it a five-star review. And thank you so much for your support. 
Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants, Segment 2, Patricia Trainer here. And we are getting you ready for Giants versus Washington Sunday at MetLife Stadium. The Giants in search of their first win of the Joe Judge era. Washington in search of their second win of the Ron Rivera era. So every week, what, I, what I've been doing... Uh, before a game is I'd like to go back in history and I'd like to look at some of the matchups, um, whether they be, you know, successful ones that the Giants won or just historical matchups or whatever the case may be. It's always fun to kind of go back and look at some of these matchups and certainly the Giants and Washington, um, they have a, uh, really a, a, a deep matchup. I think it goes back to, I want to say 19, oh gosh, uh, 1932, I think is when the rivalry started. And the Washington football team, of course, has had several names throughout the years. And we won't go back and rehash what some of those names are since they are not, you know, nice names. We'll call them the Washington football club or Washington football team rather. Um, So let's get into some of them. And uh, the first one that kind of stands out that to me, and this is one that I just remember um, my dad going to, I don't think I went to this one per se, but I just remember it because it was just so special. And I know a lot of the giant players who participated in that book, um, the book that I wrote, the big 50, the men and moments that made the New York giants. They talked about this moment as, as one of their favorites and that one was the 1986 NFC Championship game. It was Giants at Giant Stadium versus Washington. And the Giants beat Washington 17 nothing that day. And what was kind of significant about it is that was the third time that season the Giants had met Washington, and that was the first time any team had beaten Washington three times in a season. So that was a historical first. And uh, just a little story behind the 17-0 uh, score. That day was a particularly windy day at Giants Stadium. This is the old Giants Stadium, mind you. And I believe Harry Carson was selected by then head coach Bill Parcells to go out and do the to- the uh, coin toss. And I don't remember off the top of my head what Harry called, but the Giants won the toss and they were able to determine, you know, whether they would uh, kick or, or, or receive, obviously. And um, I think they also had a say in, you know, which end zone they would start in. And anyway, because of the win being what it was, the Giants, uh, I think, set it up so that they did all their scoring in the first half of the game. And if I remember correctly, they they put Washington against the win. So Washington struggled to to you know move the ball much. Like I can rem- there was a punt, for example. I can't remember who the punter was, but the ball kind of came off his foot like a lame duck because he was trying to kick into the wind. And it was just you know everything the Giants needed came in that first half of the of that game. It was they went up seventeen nothing, and they of course went on to uh, to to win that game. 
Um, the scoring, Raul Allegre hit a 47-yard field goal. Lionel Manuel, receiver, caught an 11-yard pass. And Joe Morris had a one-yard rush um, as, as the Giants just really, you know, they dominated Washington. I mean, you know, they, Washington just didn't have a chance in that game. And afterwards, the what made that game so special is how the fans in the stands tore up their programs and napkins and whatever paper they could get their hands on, and they created confetti. Like and and confetti just just kind of started falling down from the the stadium seats, you know the high you know the nosebleed seats, the mezzanine level, and so forth. And it was just raining confetti as people were celebrating the fact that the Giants were going to their first Super Bowl. And I remember Phil McConkie telling me for the book that that was like the Giants ticker tape parade because I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 86, there was this whole big, you know, debate, controversy, whatever you want to call it, about New York City paying for a, a, um, a ticker tape parade for the Giants if they won the Super Bowl. I think at the time, Ed Koch didn't want to, uh, didn't want to do that because the Giants had left, uh, New York City for, you know, the Meadowlands. So there was this whole big, you know, ruckus, if you will. And for the players, that was a special moment because the fans just showered them with confetti and they just had a blast, you know, they were making confetti angels and whatnot. And, I don't remember being at that game. I know my dad was at that game and I remember him coming home and he had confetti, you know, stuck to his coat and, and to his, you know, his hat. And, you know, he just, he showed me some of the confetti. It was newspapers, programs, like I said, any paper the fans could get their hands on. And he just said it was just a, a magical experience for, for the team and for the fans. And, uh, just, you know, watching some of the video and, you know, of that game and hearing some of the players talk about that game, just, you know, you could, you could really appreciate how special that must have been and how historical that must have been. Again, the Giants becoming the first team to beat Washington three times in a season. Um, want to talk about a negative game now. Uh, this actually is before I was born. Um, it was, a game that took place on November 27, 1966, the highest scoring combined game in NFL history. 16 touchdowns, um, basically, yeah, it was 16 touchdowns were scored between the two teams. A 60, I think the final score was 72, yeah, the final score was 72-41. And that was a game that Washington won. Now, why am I mentioning that game? Well, that was the game at, shortly after Sam Huff had been traded from the Giants to Washington. And that was very emotional for Sam Huff. He didn't want to leave the Giants. Sam Huff, for those of you who, who might be too young or don't remember or who barely know the name, was a great Giants linebacker. He was a middle linebacker and was kind of the centerpiece of the uh, 4-3 defense that Tom Landry introduced when he became the defensive coordinator for the Giants. So Sam Huff really loved being a Giant. And when they traded him, I believe Ali Sherman was the coach who traded him. That left Sam Huff bitter. 
he was bitter against the giants. So what's interesting, a, a, a funny story about that is um, the kicker of the Washington team was uh, Pete, I believe it was Pete Gugelak's brother, Charlie. And Washington was up. I mean, they were going to win that game handily, but they decided to pile on. They they sent out Charlie Gugelak to come to attempt a final field goal. I think it was with, you know, a few seconds left or something like that. And what's interesting about it is, is that wasn't the coach's decision. That was actually Sam Huff telling Charlie Gogolak to go out and kick the field goal. And afterwards, Sam Huff was asked about that. You know, what, why did you do that? And he said, oh, I felt that Charlie just needed the practice. So it was kind of Sam Huff's way of getting back at the Giants and Coach Ali Sherman, who had traded him. Um, and again, that was a, a move that I know bothered Sam Huff because I can remember years later, I remember running into Sam Huff at, at Super Bowls and, and Pro Bowl events. And I can remember going up and talking with him and uh, about the Giants. And he he would mention that. And he said, yeah, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here. He would say, yeah, what do you expect when, when the coach trades away half of the defense? So he was pretty bitter. And that was his way of kind of getting some revenge against the Giants. And it wasn't a good day for the Giants, but you know what? I think years later, I don't remember exactly when I'd have to look it up. I think the Giants got even with them. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. And I think the most recent time where the Giants just absolutely destroyed Washington, September 25th, 2014, uh, looks like it was a score of... Giants 45, Washington 14. So, you know, there's been a lot of high-scoring games or lopsided games between these two clubs, but that was that was uh, that first one was definitely you know kind of had a little extra side story, if you will, because of the Sam Huff trade that was involved. All right, Giant fans, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more memories from the Giants Washington series right after these messages. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars and trucks. It's become impossible for retail shops to stock everything in a traditional chain storefront. So the next time you need a part for your car or truck, visit rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Rockauto.com offers scores of different auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for nearly every make and model of car out there. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants, Segment 3. Patricia Trana here with you. And before we get through uh, the next few Giants 
Washington Memorable Games. Just a reminder, tomorrow is our weekly mailbag. If you have a question, please send it to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet it to me at Patricia underscore Trina. Tag it as P. Trina. Just mention it's for the podcast so I don't mix it up and put it in the uh, Giants Country uh, weekly mailbag. I've been doing... I think I've been doing a pretty good job keeping the, the uh, sets of questions different, and I want to continue to do that rather than, you know, cross-pollinate, if you will. Um, all right, so a couple of other um, memories, and again, there's just so many in this particular series, but I've got to go to the one on January 1st, 2017, so that would technically be the regular season finale of the 2016 season. And it was a 19 to 10 Giants victory. And that game, what was special about that, Washington at the time was fighting for a playoff berth. I believe they were, I want to say eight, six, and one at the time. And they were trying to get in as a wild card team, if I remember correctly. But anyway, the Giants ended up beating them. And they finished eight, seven, and one. And I don't think they made it to the playoffs that year. So anytime you can knock a division opponent out of the playoffs, it's, it's pretty something special, I think. And, uh, the Giants were able to do that on that, um, you know, that particular season. Um, and it's funny because in 2016, um, the Giants, if you remember, uh, the September 25th game, that first game of that season, Josh Norman, now with the uh, the Washington team, he had the feud going with Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, Washington won that game 29-27. And um, he and, and uh, that, that was the net game, if you remember, with Odell Beckham Jr. when he swung his helmet at the kicking net on the sideline and just got uh, absolutely frustrated. And there was actually a piece of history made in that game as well. Center Weston Richburg was the first player ever to be ejected under the new rule where if a player received two unsportsmanlike penalties, uh, he was automatically ejected. So Richburg actually was the first to, to, you know, be penalized under that new rule. And one of the um, the unsportsmanlike penalties, if I remember correctly, I don't remember the exact play, but I seem to recall it involved Beckham. It, it wiped out some. It wiped out a big catch by Beckham, but I cannot remember the uh, the yardage. But it it was significant, and it was just it, it was a real low part point for the Giants at that particular moment. Um, not something you want to see. The, you know. Coaches will tell you that they don't mind penalties, certain penalties, but what they don't want to see is aggression penalties and, and discipline-related penalties. You know, holding, you know, technically you could call holding on every play. Coaches get that, and I, I, I don't know that they necessarily get too upset over that if it just happens, you know, like this. You know, obviously if it wipes out a touchdown or something like that, yes, but um, – but yeah, that was a, a significant moment in, in the Giants and Washington history. And I'll give you one other one uh, before I close out the show. 
And this one, you know, I'm reluctant to mention this one because of what happened, but I, 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 I kind of want to talk about it a little bit because there's been some misconception. This was the game in which it was a Monday night football game and Lawrence Taylor, uh, crashed into, um, uh, Joe Theismann, the quarterback of the Washington team at the time. And this was, I believe, on November 18th, 1985, Monday Night Football. And of course, you know, Theismann's leg just absolutely snapped. And, you know, for a while after that, I think there were some people who thought that, you know, Taylor, you know, was this big monster who just took delight in, you know, hurting people. And again, for my book, I spoke with, um, George Martin. I spoke with, um, Harry Carson and another giant, former giant that I spoke with who was actually best friends with Lawrence Taylor, you know, when the two of them were on the team is Beasley Reese, who today is, I believe, the president of the NFL Alumni Association. And Beasley told me that Lawrence Taylor was so upset over what had happened with Joe Theismann's leg that he was the one who was jumping up and screaming for help and waving frantically. And, you know, he, he said on TV, it might've looked like, you know, Taylor was doing some kind of celebratory sack dance when in fact he was trying to get the sideline, you know, the Washington sidelines attention to come over to help him. And, you know, I, I guess I, I thought of that game because of, you know, what happened with the, you know, this past weekend with Dallas and, and Logan Ryan and, and Dak Prescott's unfortunate injury and how Logan Ryan just absolutely felt devastated and sick over what had happened. And, you know, Lawrence Taylor, for, for the reputation he had as, as being, you know, a, a fierce opponent, a guy who, you know, made, mastered the art of sacking the quarterback. Taylor had a soft side to him. You know, he, he, believe it or not, folks, he did have a human side to him. And, you know, I know about his alleged off field, um, indiscretions. Um, but, uh, you know, back in the day, just that particular play, I just thought that was worth talking about that, you know, to give you a little insight into what happened there. I don't know if that's out there as much, but, but uh, Taylor definitely tried to to help Joe Theismann after, you know, accidentally breaking the guy, the man's leg. So, all right, Giant fans, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And don't forget, tomorrow's show is our mailbag special. So if you have a question and you get it to me by this evening at 8 p.m., I will make sure to include it in the the uh, listener mailbag special. So again, you can send them to me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet them to me at Patricia underscore train and tag them as P train and make sure you mention that they are for the podcast so that I don't mix them up and put them in the Giants Country mailbag. Until then, folks, thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon.